Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 273rd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the MSP studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend, fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. Uh, more importantly, though, producer Cameron, how are you? Doing great. Hey, welcome in. Hey, welcome Oh, in. oh what's producer up, Cam Cam. It's about time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been too long. It's been a long time coming, and we finally figured out how to get two cameras going where he can switch them back and forth. He's back there. And we hear him. We see him. We love him. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show with us. Today. All right. Have a good show, guys. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, we'll see you later. Don't you worry. Um, what have you been up to? I was afraid you are going to ask me that. You've been watching any Christmas movies? Uh, yeah. Okay. I did. I, you know, the other night... I was like, I haven't seen some of those old Christmas movies in a while, like the OG Grinch. Okay. And it was like 20 minutes long. Is it really? Yeah, it's that short. So I just <laughs> found it on YouTube, and it was broken up into like three-minute videos. I would have never guessed it's that short. Yeah, great. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. I watched then. I was like, okay, that was entertaining. What else is out there? I watched the old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer okay. movie. How long is that? That was more like 45 minutes Oof. and starts off like good and then just goes on a really weird tangent that I yeah. completely forgot existed. Yeah. Like they're meeting this other like kind of boisterous mountaineer man. Oh, he's the best part. And they go to the like the Isle of Misfit Toys. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I forgot all this existed. Yeah. And so it didn't quite hit as hard as The Grinch, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was still kind of fun to, to watch some of that. We've been we've watched Home Alone mm. several times because that's Olivia's favorite movie right now. It's a great movie. She calls it Christmas Kid, so <laughs> she's like, "I need to watch Christmas Kid," and um, she loves it when Kevin jumps on the bed, sure, and screams. Every kid's dream. So she'll just run around screaming, and then she'll go, "I'm like Kevin," so <laughs> it's cute for a while. Um, what all do we have to talk about this week besides Christmas movies? Um, we're going to talk about the basketball team going three and zero this week. Maybe they've turned things around after that awful loss to Jackson State. Um, Missouri football team finished their regular season off well, beating Arkansas, and we're going to look ahead at bowl games and stuff like that. We have a mailbag question, our first one of those ever, so stay tuned for that. And before we get into all that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review wherever you listen to us, and you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Shout out to Josh. He's been a supporter. He said, if Missouri beats Arkansas, I'm going to bump up my tier to $10, and he came through. Missouri Tigers came through. Josh came through. Love you, Josh. I also want to add Josh. This is the second time he's come through on a promise. Where like maybe like a year ago or something, he DM'd our Twitter account and said, "If you guys do some kind of like hot wings challenge, I will become a Patreon subscriber." Yeah. And so then we delivered on a promise mm-hmm. and said, "Okay, we'll do it." We did it. We filmed it. It's on Patreon that you can watch it if you become a supporter. Yeah. And then Josh subscribed. So just promises kept all around. Man of his word. We salute him for that. Uh, first things first here: basketball three and zero this week. Um, they did it in, in an interesting way. They obviously had lost that game to Jackson State, and then 
uh, was like, okay, season's in the toilet, but maybe not so fast because, well, immediately they start out playing 338th ranked South Carolina State and go down 29 to 13 in that game. Yeah, it was looking bad. So bad. I was like full on panicking at that point. What is going on? But then Missouri went on a 48 to 10 run over the course of like 20 minutes of game action and ended up winning the game 82 to 59. So they figured out, hey, we would have done that in the Jackson State game. Seriously. In this one, they figured out, actually, we're all better than all of the players on the other team. So we'll just act like it. And they ran away with it. But that was scary for a minute. And then they, they luckily, they finally started fast against Loyola, Maryland. Uh, started that game 31 to 9, but then gave up a 20 to 2 run. And then it was just kind of 8 to 10, 6 point lead the rest of the game. They ended up winning by 8, 78 to 70. And then we get a big win on the road against a top 50 team at Pittsburgh, 71 to 64, most recently. And in that game, Missouri just looked like the better team basically the entire time. Yeah, basically nothing this team has done all year makes any sense at all. No. Uh, the win on the road at Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota is a sub-100 Kim Palm team. They're not a very good Power 5 team, but they're that's still winning on the road uh, on the road at a yeah. Big Ten school. Yeah, That's still... Uh, and the way they won, they came back from like 20 points in the second half. Yeah. So uh, basically all we know about this team so far is that they're going to be very streaky and they're going to do things that make no sense in a good and bad way all season long probably. Yeah, I feel like we've seen some streaky Missouri Tiger basketball teams over the years, but this one is just on a different level. Yeah. Even going back to the Memphis game, it was like the first half, hey, this is a good basketball team. We're beating Memphis. Mm -hmm. And then the second half just fall apart. Yeah. Obviously, talked about a couple of those other games, but even like in a couple of these wins, it's like, I don't know, like still giving up a 12-1 run to Loyola, Maryland in the second half. Mm Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh made it interesting last night too. Yeah, At well, the very end. Yeah, basically the only way Pittsburgh made it interesting was they shot thirty-one free throws to Missouri's fourteen. Yeah, which is kind of insane. Yeah, that was uh, a little bit of a trend in both of those road games out of conference. It was like it, it was kind of crazy watching both of those games. There's like Missouri not getting calls, not getting calls. Seems a little lopsided. The other team's in the bonus. And then, like, late in the game, there's a foul called on the home team, and the fans just lose their minds. Like, come on. Prisoner of the moment. Yeah. You've had the advantage this entire time with the whistles. But um, besides that, um, Sean East against Pittsburgh, 21 points, five rebounds, four assists, five turnovers, though. That's one thing that this team has struggled with a little bit is turning the ball over too much. And I think i could maybe chalk a little bit of that up to the sort of sporadic rotations and inconsistency with who's on the floor together yeah yeah i still just i still think there's too many like role players that and it's like okay well maybe if i put so-and-so in like they'll spark something we basically have like 12 of those guys where it's like they might be good for a little bit if i throw them in yeah and we have like no uh, no stars and twelve capable players, and it's probably really d- difficult to know who to throw in there and when. Well, and and one thing that's strange is Sean East 
far and away the best offensive player for this team so far, shooting 59% from three and 60% from two, but is, I mean, taking fewer shots than Noah Carter, Caleb Grill, Nick Honor. I mean, I don't understand that. Hyper-efficient, but low usage he kind of had the mid-range game going though is that a sustainable style though to be that efficient i mean i say maybe not but keep shooting the ball until those percentages drop down to something that looks a little bit more average a little bit more pedestrian keep shooting until you show up on the scouting report and then start giving it to somebody else yeah maybe i mean how do you scout this team actually somebody needs to do exactly that though somebody needs to be like okay i will be the offensive engine of this team. Yeah. I mean, Noah Carter looks like he wants to do that sometimes, but... Caleb Grill looks like he wants to do that. That's true. (laughs) Both of those guys, though, struggle to create their own shot. Yeah. That's where I think Sean East separates himself from them is he can create his own shot. But um, and he's good off the catch, too. Get into the rim, get into the free throw line. He's basically the only player that's doing that consistently. Um, and then, uh, but another guy that I wanted to talk about is Tamar Bates because he is also he's shooting fifty percent from three, fifty two percent from two, ninety two percent from the free throw line. He's only playing forty one percent of available minutes. He's got the best offensive rating on the team early on so far. He looks like far and away the most like prototypically skilled and athletic guard that we have too, yeah. like at a, like a power five level. Like Sean East, good player. Um, Tamar Bates though, like he's like six six, yeah. like long and can shoot it. And yeah. I think that I don't know. I would definitely would like to see more Bates. Um, I'd say like the biggest positive surprise so far has been, um anthony robinson aka ant aka ankle bully he's out there a rob he i think the coaching staff likes ant we'll go with that okay um he's been really impressing as a freshman and a guy that by all like like recruiting stats and stuff he was supposed to be the slowest to acclimate to the college game but and I think, really, we're, we're only scratching the surface on what he'll be able to do long-term. And based on the depth chart, that's what we thought, too. Right. Like, preseason was like, yeah, you know, he might get in there in certain situations, but I don't expect to see much of him this year. That right. was wrong. Yeah. And he's, like, just below Bates in minutes played so far. Um, But, yeah, there's just, like, I'm looking at Kempom right now, and there's, like, literally nine guys sitting here that have played a decent amount of minutes and when they're in there they get looks and um i don't know it's just a very strange they have not figured out who they like in the the top eight guys yet and some guys have a short release and others clearly yeah yeah there's some mysteries there with like tanjay not like he didn't play at all last game was he injured good question haven't heard anything obviously he was dealing with something preseason i saw a report from like a national writer before the game but i can't remember what it said i can't remember if it was like an injury or they just said he was like unavailable i think it was maybe i'll see if i can find something but yeah i don't know um yeah because tanjay is the exact type of player 
that it feels like offensively Missouri is missing somebody who can stretch the floor, get to the rim, get to the free throw line, create for himself to some extent, but he just hasn't really been there. And Vanover, obviously he was suspended early, but now he's kind of kind of figuring out his role a little bit, but he's maybe one of the most inconsistent players on the team. It's like he'll have a stretch where he blocks a shot and then finishes a lob at the other end, and then he'll have a stretch where he can't come down with a rebound to save his life. So I don't know. It just like the inconsistency is just wild and the streakiness. And I feel like Caleb Grill, he's been playing okay. He's only shooting 27% from three. Eventually that's got to sort itself out. It's got to be better. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like I still am maybe feeling a little bit pessimistic generally, but... It's Man. like we've got some pieces here that should be able to do something. Yeah, I mean, at Pittsburgh, not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, but, man, that's a, that's a really good win. That is super solid. Yeah. I forgot that Jeff Capel was the coach oh, there. Yeah. I just, like, oh. saw him when I turned on the game. I was yeah. like, oh, oh, totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, uh, Blake Henson. Man, he's good. He is good. What a crazy, like, roller coaster of a college yeah. basketball career he's had. Yeah. In an alternate universe, he's a Missouri Tiger. <laughs> Um, he, I feel like he's kind of poised for a Kobe Brown esque year yeah. this year. Yeah, he really like worked on his body, and it's just uh, he's very athletic, and um, I don't know, he's a good player. He he by himself was five of eight from three. The rest of the team two of thirteen. He was uh, trying to will them back into the game, but couldn't quite get it done by himself. Now we hope they go win the ACC. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So Missouri's now six and two, 79th in Kimpom. Did they win the SEC ACC challenge? Did the SEC win that? I think I saw that they were, they had won at least four or five of those games. Kentucky destroyed Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't actually know. I think there's more games tonight. Uh, being win- Today's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I think there's more games tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Missouri, 79th in Kimpom. That's improved over, I think they were like 90th. After the uh, after one of these games, like ninety first going into the Pittsburgh game, yikes! Yeah, um, one weird thing about this team is they are three hundredth in tempo. They were like a hundredth last year. Hmm. They're three hundredth, and where what's really bringing them down is they are three twenty ninth in defensive possession length. So Missouri's defensive possessions are very long. That could be good or bad. You know, if you're making guys, if you're making other teams use the shot clock and be in late clock situations often, that's good. Yeah, except it does feel like at the end of that, it's when teams finally yeah. find the weak spot in the right. zone or, you know, they like r- get Missouri out of their rotation exactly. and for a wide open three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of messing around with uh, looking at the different leaderboards on Kempom and like, the teams with the shortest defensive possessions are the worst defensive teams in the country. Like teams are just scoring at yep. will. Like the first look is good <laughs> yeah. every time. So like you don't want to be there. That's true. But it, it does feel like exactly what you're saying. Like teams are just kind of working the ball around. Just find it. However they want to do keep it. Keep passing it around the yeah. perimeter and you'll, you'll get the rotation you want eventually. Yeah. Um, so 
that's I think that needs to improve. Um, Missouri's offense slightly better than the defense in the early going here. Uh, next game is against Wichita State. We're at home for that one. Uh, Wichita State has a new head coach, Paul Mills, who was previously at Oral Roberts. So a reunion with him and uh, Connor Vanover. Uh, they're 105 in Kempom, 171 on offense, 68 on defense. Might be a little bit of like, I don't know. I Probably a little bit of a low-scoring game. Might be kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. I just, I think I've been calling for it the last three weeks, but I think Sean East just needs to shoot the ball more. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking was uh, with their low possessions, but sometimes I feel like they just kind of, screw around like yeah. somebody shoot <laughs> you know they pass up looks and then you have like nick honor who just like yeah. throws up at least five transition threes a game so he's uh, shooting well though balances out yeah um yeah nick honor the most threes attempted so far but he is shooting 47 percent. so that'll play yeah um wichita state not a good three-point shooting team so that's in missouri's favor there and another interesting stat for Missouri is they're second in the country in blocked shot percentage. Aiden Shaw blocking a ton of shots. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that, as I watch him play, still just a sophomore. Um, you can kind of see there's a trajectory for him with his athleticism. If he can round out his game like sort of he's on pace for potentially, he could be dominant as a senior, I think. Defensively or both? Well, when he finished that reverse lob last night, it's like that was nice. This is the kind of thing that I think he'll be able to figure out how to manufacture more of those looks at the rim. Yeah, and um, you know, I'd like to see him develop a little bit more of like a slashing finisher offensive game. Um, and then uh, we'll we'll talk again before this, but after Wichita State. Missouri travels to Lawrence, Kansas. So, got that to look forward to. Still early, though. Still a lot to figure out with this team. And the way they're doing the rotations, it's like, it feels like it's going to be right up until or into SEC play before we really nail it down. Um, anything, any other thoughts on this basketball team? Ronnie DeGray plays for Wichita State? Yeah, or, I think But so. also hasn't been playing? Yeah, let me I look thought I up. saw something about eligibility, some kind of eligibility concern. Has he played at all for them? It appears not. Oh, because yeah. we won't see him. Well, no reunion there. No reunion. Uh, ready to move on? Mm-hmm. So before we do the Arkansas football game, let's try this mailbag question. Do you have that handy? I can look it up. Okay. I don't know if the exact we don't even have matters. a we don't have a mailbag uh, segment, but we do now. Someone submitted a question, so now we do. And if you have a question, just DM us or you know whatever. Yeah, MissouriSportsPod at gmail That's true. Okay. I already know this question, and it is, this is unfairly from, tough. This is from Brayshawn, my little John. Okay, <laughs> on Twitter, and they said. Out of Coach Drink, Coach Gates, and DRF, yeah. Uh, Desiree Reed, Francois, you can only keep two, and the other takes a job elsewhere. Who are you keeping? So pick two out of the three. Sheesh. 
That's tough. That's a good that question. Is an insanely tough question. Um, I feel like a week ago, like coming off the Jackson State loss, I could have just been like, you know what? You were doubting our Lord and Savior. No, I like I don't doubt any of the three. Is the thing? Yeah, I agree. So they, it's almost all, like who could you? Who's the most replaceable? They all feel like it's we're in such a special little time this ideal mix where i mean i'm not in the athletic department i don't know what you know specific changes have been made internally yeah but clearly something is has changed and for the better yeah and man drf has done such a great job listening to the fans and like responding to feedback being available like Mm -hmm. you see her at games you see her like all the time like even on tv or whatever like um, with the team and stuff like she just seems very accessible and she's had the fan experience in mind yes and like they've been very progressive with the nil stuff mm-hmm. and so she's just been incredible fundraising is up all of that yeah i would is I would, there one of the three of them that you would definitely not get rid of i think it's got to be her that maybe just my opinion i think you have to keep her that's that's what i would say yeah because wow. Because okay. I have faith in her to whichever one of these two we get rid of, I have faith in her to m- replace them. That they have like the platform to continue the success. Yeah. You would take DRF over Dennis Gates? Let's just kind of follow that up. Or, or, well, well, is only, she like your number one priority? That's not the yeah, question. Yeah. But is that the number one priority for I you? Think, I think so. Wow. That's, that's not what I was going to say, but I respect she, it. She hired Dennis Gates. She could do something similar again. Yeah. Oof. Man. It's, I don't I don't want to have to lose one of them though. I think in I'd real ha- life. I think I I think I'd have to pick um losing DRF as my Really? Yes, just interesting. Wow. Be, I mean, I don't like I just said all the great things she's done. Yeah, yeah. Um just hope that the two coaches could just stay forever right yeah, out in the mean, sunset. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's uh, kind of a intangible of this is that like either the coaches could leave and no, no. we get we keep them. They're, if they're just here forever, like I'm pretty happy with both coach Drinkwitz and coach Gates just being here and um I don't think I can lose either one of them at this point. I mean, I couldn't either honestly. Maybe there's some kind of internal hire that's like we've been watching DRF, you know. I'm like, okay, that's that's how to lead a department. That maybe, can, maybe, maybe, maybe she's replaceable. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. I feel like. Well, I said I think she's least replaceable. So if I had to, if I had to lose one of those coaches, man, that is I tough. I mean, I, nothing against Coach Drink. I don't know that I. I would be shocked at myself saying this like a year ago, probably. But like, yeah. I think he's got to be priority number one. You think? Because he's doing something that very, very few people are capable of doing with Missouri's football team, and that's the number one priority of the athletic department. Yeah. Missouri's 10-2, and about to play in a huge bowl game, and like... Some of the best recruiting classes ever. Some of the best recruiting classes we've seen. I mean, it seems like the sky... We're picking, not recruiting. The ceiling... Yeah, we're picking now. The ceiling is (laughs) seems extremely high. Ceiling is the roof. In the most important sport. Revenue-wise, at least. Do you think your answer would have been different in June? Yes. Yeah. So maybe I'm result-oriented. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like I am, too, because... You have to be a little bit. Yeah. Mm. That's a great question. I don't know. I don't want to lose any of them. I want to just stay exactly how we are right now. 
your your DRF in your she's taking the job at like USC or something. Yeah. I think mm. I think I just got to go drink Gates DRF. Wow. But I to, I understand your answer though. I get it. I'm going to keep DRF around. Who are you getting rid of? That's impossible. <laughs> but I feel like they actually the E well, I don't want to insult your answer. You can't insult me. I feel like uh, losing her is maybe like the easier answer sure. because it's like... Which is why I'm glad that you said what you did. You can almost imagine <laughs> somebody else behind the scenes replacing exactly. her. Yes, yeah. it's way easier to replace somebody that you're not seeing as much. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, man. So I'll be the bad guy, though, and I will say that... Uh, there's no good answer here. If I really... My actual opinion, not sugarcoating it, I would replace drink <sighs> but i don't know that's fine that's fine Ugh. either one I'm of the coaches bad. either one of the coaches i feel like there's potential to make the right hire with the resources but i think there's an argument that the basketball coach is the easier position to come in and be successful right away sure i think there's oh, an one, argument there oh 100 so mm. without belittling what Coach Gates has done, yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah, man, what is it? Well, that is just we a just tough question. Soak it up, man. Like, yeah, enjoy these times. If anything, that's what this question points to: is the fact that it's rolling to some extent right now, and and we're all just hoping that all three of these entities are thinking like, well, I am on top of the world right now, exactly, and I can do what I'm doing at Missouri, like anything I want to do, yeah. I can do it here. I don't, I don't need to go anywhere else. You just imagine the three of them sitting down and just saying, look at us. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And they don't want anything else. Look at us. <laughs> We're um, rich and successful. Look at us. Yeah. Well, I hope we gave a direct enough answer there, but that's a tough one. And let us know in the comments what you think and if we missed any, uh, any arguments for any which way. Very good question. Now we can move on to... That Arkansas game, Missouri football beats Arkansas in Fayetteville, forty-eight to fourteen, to cap off a ten and two regular season. Piggy, come on, Piggy! <laughs> the piggies showed up for about they were there two minutes. We saw them, but does man. this does this game change a lot? Do you think if KJ Jefferson doesn't get injured? Um, it is probably more competitive yes but if he didn't get injured on that play he might have you know a couple plays later because missouri's defensive line was in arkansas's backfield all game yeah they were ready to go uh yeah that was the second drive of arkansas uh, second arkansas drive that kj jefferson got hurt so the first drive i mean they what went three and out in about 25 seconds yeah so um yeah i i don't think that arkansas was threatening to to win this game by any stretch of the imagination even with kj but um yeah it probably would have been a little bit more competitive and i mean he fumbled when he got hurt and we scored immediately and all that stuff so it was pretty much not close from the start i feel so silly thinking about how nervous i was about this game and i think it was just like the the pressure of finishing off a 10 win season i think that's all it was it would have been against no matter who we were playing really yeah like the pressure of yes finishing off a special season and then i guess also yes the fact that it could be arkansas that ruins that yeah i think was a little bit scary even though i don't think any of us really thought that that game was in in danger yeah 
Yeah, Arkansas's offensive line looked pretty terrible. Um, and, I mean, they couldn't hold on to the ball. I think Missouri recovered four fumbles by Arkansas. One of them, uh, Jaden Jernigan returned for a touchdown. Um, now that's a scoop and score. Yeah. Yeah, he was rumbling. <laughs> uh, Brady Cook barely had to do anything. He only threw the ball 20 times, but he had two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Another nice little fake to Burden, run it in at the goal line. Yeah, I still feel like Brady just honestly didn't look super sharp in this game a lot of the times. Like, you know, we were watching this game together and we were kind of talking about how it looked like at times he was just processing a little bit slowly. Like, um, it seems weird to like question, you know, like be critical of the quarterback that just led them to a massive victory. But, you know, there was a couple times where early in the game, whenever it wasn't a blowout yet and uh, a player was like, a wide receiver would be running open and Brady would kind of see him and wait. And then by the time he's throwing it to him, he's covered. Yeah. And uh, it would be like an incomplete pass. And there stuff was one like in particular on like a third down situation mm-hmm. where it looked like he was actually waiting for the receiver to get to the sticks, mm-hmm. but that's where the defender was. Right. Like he had an opportunity to maybe run for the first down at the, if he had found the receiver earlier. Yeah. And just some of the deep stuff, like just wasn't connecting really. And and that's been, that's, I dare I say, that's been a little bit of a trend. It's a little bit of a problem. Later in the season, it felt like early season, we were not hitting on those deep opportunities. Then like around the Kansas State game, Memphis game, that all changed. It was looking really good for most of SEC play. But then it seems like the last few games, those deep balls haven't been there as much. Yeah. Um, it seems weird to even um, like criticize this wide receiver room because of how good they've been, but I do think that Missouri lacks like a true burner still. Like Luther Burden, like one of the best wide receivers in the country, still not like your prototypical burner mm-hmm. wide receiver. I'd say um, Marquise uh, Johnson. Marquise Johnson is going to be that, yeah, but is still a freshman and is not seeing a lot of snaps, yeah. And so maybe that's playing playing a role um, a little bit that this, some of those guys aren't separating super well, yeah, but. That's something that just has to is going to have to be better in a in a bowl game when we're playing a top ten opponent. Yeah, that, that stuff's just going to have to be more more crisp. Can't complain about Cody Schrader and this offensive no. line though. Holy yeah. cow! Another Cody Schrader 20, 27 carries, two hundred seventeen yards and a touchdown. It's automatic. And the offensive line has just been incredible the last five weeks just giving schrader whatever he wants and when the defense knows it's coming yeah yeah it's pretty incredible yeah he's been he i don't know i just we say it we've said it every week for the last five weeks but who thought this could happen nobody (laughs) i mean people predicted 10 wins people uh you know kind of thought Brady Cook could break out. Luther Burden going to have a big season. Yeah. But Cody Schrader just taking over the running game and being the SEC's leading rusher. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, he's just nominated for a finalist as the, what is it? The Doak, Doak Walker, Walker running back award. Award yeah. like top three running back in yeah. the country. Yeah. Uh, and I think he could win. I think he, he might just win that. Um, yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to, go back and listen to what we were talking about like i think we probably said if missouri wins nine or ten games what does it look like mm-hmm. i'm never saying oh cody schrader is running for 200 yards a game yeah i know that yeah 
I mean, like optimistically thinking back to preseason, it's like, yeah, Schrader and Pete, you know, two running backs that can both get it done. We probably just said like the offensive line is better. Yeah. Because really, I mean, no offense, but neither one of those guys we did we have high expectations for on an individual level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt like it could have been a running back tandem that could have done done enough to get Missouri where they need to go. Yeah. But you you I didn't didn't anticipate it being like <laughs> the rock of the offense. <laughs> yeah. But I get that's the kind of thing that can happen though when you have a stellar offensive line. Yeah. And that's what they've turned into late, especially in run blocking. And Javon Foster, oh, we'll get to this later, but Javon Foster was named uh USA Today all SEC team. Um one disappointing thing from the Arkansas game though was uh Sam Horn one pass attempt incomplete. I kind of wish they would have just let him actually run the playbook. It's never gonna happen. No. Well, never? I don't know. Are you saying it's never going to happen? It's like, oh, man, I don't know. It's like there was a moment where this game was already a blowout, and I think Brady kind of got dinged up a little bit, kind of got hit hard or something. And I was like, just let Sam – we're almost in the red zone. It's like, just let Sam finish out the drive. Yeah. This game is already out of reach. There's no way in the world this Arkansas team is coming back in this game. But Brady came back in like one play later. Obviously, we're happy to see he was, you know, not – seriously injured or yeah. anything but uh yeah arkansas's offense was doing nothing they won the fourth quarter though 14 oh, to 7 yeah. that's probably what they're saying in the locker room <laughs> that's the momentum they're taking into the offseason yeah i'm pretty sure the exact quote uh from sam Pittman after the game was he was asked you know where do you go from here how do you start thinking about rebuilding this roster for next year or whatever and he just said i don't know just moved on to the yeah, next question. Yeah, he, yeah, he sounded so dejected. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I next mean, question. <laughs> how, how could you not? Honestly, uh, I mean, hate to see it for them though. Oh, just, just uh, it's yeah, it's crushing. But they've they've already announced they're retaining him for next year. And you know what else they announced? He's getting a coordinator. Yeah, Bobby's back. Welcome home, Bobby Petrino. What a well, that's so strange. What are we doing? Yeah. I mean, I, not we. It's not me. I like it. What are they doing? I like it, yeah. Like, I mean, the one place that, like, can't hire Bobby Petrino, right? Yeah. I mean, they can, but... They just did. Hey, time heals all wounds. I guess so. <laughs> Especially those facial scrapes. I can't even imagine either party being like, Bobby's our guy. This like, is or, like, idea. Bobby himself being like, Arkansas is where I'm going to coach. Like, yeah. that's where I want to go back to. It is a bit bizarre. He's just exercising those demons. Man. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. You have to do it's that. Healthy. Yeah. He couldn't move on without it. Gotta get some closure. Yeah. He wouldn't have been able to retire from coaching until he did this. What um, are the chances he becomes the head coach at some point? Somebody, I saw people saying that. Like, well, they've got their next head coach on the... That I think, would just... Yeah, be, I think would... uh, Gabe DeArmond tweeted something like, Bobby Petrino being the offensive coordinator makes it a a somewhat realistic chance that he could be bringing the Arkansas Razorbacks to Columbia, Missouri as the Arkansas interim head coach next year. Oh my gosh. Like if, oh the, if things go bad enough, <laughs> like ne- yeah, yeah, next year they fire Pittman mid season or whatever. And then interim coach, interim head coach, Bobby Petrino. Wow. And at that point he's coaching for the head coaching job against Mizzou. 
Wasn't he the offensive coordinator at uh, A&M this past season? Yes. I didn't go that well. No. Uh, I, I will never forget, you know, we live in Springfield. We He was the head coach at Missouri State for two seasons. I will never forget us going to that playoff game. And obviously, Missouri State Stadium is tiny, so we were on, like, the fifth row and sitting right behind the Missouri State offensive line, like, on the bench. And Bobby just comes over and just says every, like, curse word imaginable time. And then he says them all, like, 50 times individually and to the offensive lineman. And then he kind of, like, goes back to the closer to the field. And he goes back to the offensive lineman and says a bunch of bad words again and, like, degrades their existence. <laughs> and he's just floating around, like, just cursing everyone yes. in sight. Yeah. And you could just hear it as clear as day. Yeah. Yeah. The fifth row at uh, whatever the stadium is. Plaster Stadium. Plaster, at Plaster yeah. Stadium. Plaster Sports Complex. At Missouri State, the fifth row there is you're you can hear everything. You're on the field almost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that uh, was a hilarious moment. Experience, but it turned turned me off to him as a head coach. You know, I want a players coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he was uh, he was <laughs> not real friendly that day, and yeah. they lost, so he was just not. He was mad. Yeah, the offensive line was just a scapegoat that day. I said, I mean, they looked completely used to it. Like yeah. they weren't even like they were just like talking to each other like it was a normal day. Yeah. I don't care for that, if I'm being honest. Well, but we've established before I would not have cut it as a Division One athlete. would have made it. Mentally, because but, you of know, that. That's the kind of people that Arkansas, they're about that. I so. guess so, yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, yeah, Missouri won this game, and now I'll give you a little bit of a stat update on some of the record books. I love doing that. Cody Schrader... Sitting at third all-time single-season rushing yards in Mizzou history, 1489. He is 90 yards away from second, 116 yards away from first. Now, Matthew in Discord brought up the fact that Tyler Beatty did not play in the bowl game after his 1,600-yard season, which is just a little extra level of like mind-blowing to that uh, performance of that season. It is. It's also kind of funny that he sat out the bowl game like was he odd he was like a sixth round draft pick or something yeah okay whatever we love tyler we love you we love you yeah i'm Uh, sorry i said it so schrader a legit chance in the bowl game to take that number one spot um it's look yeah it's like uh he only needs 115 yards it's like a it's like a great game yeah like 100 over 100 yards rushing yeah it's like oh yeah he'll get that easy Uh, Brady Cook with 3,189 yards, eighth all-time in single-season passing yards. Uh, His 20 touchdowns are ninth all-time single season. He needs 211 yards to get seventh place, 310 yards for sixth place. So a very respectable season that could put you in the top 10 for a long time. And then Luther Burden, 1,197 yards is fourth all-time. He needs 14 yards to get third place, 63 yards to get second, and 584 yards to get first place. Seems unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, second place by himself would be that'd an be awesome. incredible season for the true sophomore. Uh, he's seventh all-time with 83 receptions on the season. He needs nine to jump all the way to third. If he only gets seven, he'd be tied for fourth with Chase Kaufman and Michael Agnew. It's pretty incredible season. Yep. 
those three guys have been tearing it up. They all three made that USA Today All-SEC team, along with Javon Foster for the offense. And Darius Robinson and Chris Abrams Drain, Chris Abrams Drain made it for defense. Um, no snubs there, really. And that all seems, I think it was uh, second most players on the All-SEC team, second only to Alabama, I think I saw. Yeah, it feels like there's some years where we don't have anybody on those lists. For real, yeah. Um, and you mentioned earlier Cody Schrader, one of three finalists for the Doak Walker Running Back Award. Oklahoma State's Ollie Gordon and North Carolina's Amarion Hampton are the other two finalists. I have their stats here for you. Gordon of Oklahoma State has 1,580 yards and 20 touchdowns on the season. Cody Schrader only with 13. And then Hampton, 1,400 yards and 15 touchdowns. So stat-wise, they do have the edge. Missouri's the better team. Missouri's the better team. And going up against better competition in the SEC, potentially. Just means more. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like probably Cody Schrader doesn't win this award. But I don't know. I'd like to see. He's going to win the Burlsworth. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to go through. I'll have to do this sometime. We'll go through and see the SEC leading rusher. Just like each year, what awards did they win? Figure out how bad um, Schrader got snubbed. Uh, a real snub, though, is uh, Chris Abrams Drain not being a Jim Thorpe Award finalist. Somebody I saw, he like has as many pass breakups and interceptions as two of the other guys combined. Yeah, best cornerback award. I definitely feel like cornerback is one of those positions where it's like probably the least like stats oriented. True. position on the field but definitely i still think chris abrams drain was snubbed for that yeah um and now as far as the team goes they still sit at ninth in the college football playoff rankings um looking at a new year six bowl opportunity do you have a preference on what bowl they get into and do you, or do you have a prediction not really. Um, I feel like my prediction is probably Penn State in, what would that bowl be if they played Penn State? Uh, probably the Peach Bowl. Peach Bowl, yeah. And then the other one that I feel like we've seen is Cotton Bowl versus Texas. I think I'd be fine with either one of those. Yeah. Can't, can't argue with that. You know, I... Except we've got to play Tech. If we played Texas in that situation, both times we're playing Texas in a bowl game, it's like in their state yeah yeah and you know i've said it before that i am i get kind of tired of playing old big 12 teams and especially we've already played texas in a bowl sec team now uh that's true yeah um (laughs) yeah i don't know i just like stuff that's a little bit more out of the box i wouldn't i've never seen missouri play penn state i've never seen missouri play washington Penn State, probably top five defense in the country. Yeah. That 115 for, or 116 that Cody Schrader needs is yeah. a little tougher now, Yeah, including also winning the game. Yeah, a little tougher. That's true. Um, as far as like matchup that I would like to see that um, I think would be fun and maybe give Missouri the best chance to win, if Washington loses to Oregon, yeah, I kind of like maybe matching up against Washington a little bit. That'd be a fun one. But is it, is it possible to play Ohio State? Probably not. I honestly don't I've know. I've seen a couple of outlets predict that, but I don't know if that's possible. CBS Sports' Jerry Palm. He uh, loves brackets. It, you just put a bracket in front of him, he will predict what's going to happen. Um, 
He says Missouri versus Penn State in the Peach Bowl. That seems like the most likely, but we'll see. Ole Miss, do they have an argument for the uh, New Year's Six? They do, but it's completely unfounded, and nobody that knows anything agrees with them. Okay. That's straightforward enough for me. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's just my opinion, though. I agree. Um, Yeah, I feel like uh, if... Um, maybe I already said this, but if I'm the people like presiding over the Cotton Bowl, I feel like I want Texas versus Missouri. I oh, feel like they want it. That would be the most like intriguing matchup if I'm trying to pick that on their behalf. Well, you might just get it. Um, how about uh, Tulane? You want to play them? Not really. Me either feels like a kind of uh, could only be bad situation. Yeah. If you win, it's like, oh, well, you only had to play Tulane. If yep. you lose, you lost to Tulane. Yep. Don't want it. Yeah. Lose, lose. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, similar situation with Louisville, but I feel like the way things have turned out, that seems... Seems unlikely. Yeah. They lost to Kentucky. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah, maybe match us up with them, but <laughs> the transitive property says we destroy Louisville. Coach Shankwitz has not won a bowl game. Is that true? True or false? Not at Missouri? At Missouri. Yeah. True? I think it's true. Who will they lose to? They lost to Wake Forest. Yeah. Yeah. They lost to uh, Army. Oh. And that was the game Tyler Beatty sat out. Mm. And am I imagining this or did it was did Brady Cook play that game? Yeah, Brady Cook did play that game. Was there one in between that? Last year they lost to Wake Forest. Year before that they lost to Army. Twenty twenty bowl game got canceled. No bowl games. Was supposed to be against Iowa. Oh yeah, but we were afraid. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Everybody on the team got COVID. That is true. So, yeah, let's win a bowl game for a change. A big one. I agree. So now that the off season. Oh, it's not quite the off season, but like this t- little time between the end of the regular season and bowl season is just, it's coaching carousel time. It is what I now call with that being said season because there's posts all over everywhere. With that being said, I'm going pro entering the transfer portal, decommitting, decommitting, transferring. Did you already say that? Yeah, you did. Portaling, portaling. What did we say before the transfer portal and In- intentions to transfer? Yeah. <laughs> when, did, I, when did the phrase transfer portal i don't know but now it's like i it's all the only word i can think of yeah that's been turned into a verb so and so is going portaling who did this who started this i don't know <laughs> maybe they were influenced by rick and morty maybe portal minecraft minecraft portal good good <laughs> good reference thanks um <laughs> Where are we here? Okay, so Tigers in the portal. Missouri Tigers that have announced their intentions to transfer. We have Damian Wilson, Max Wisner, and EJ Ndoma Ogar. And also Valen Erickson, who, but I think like that was announced a couple of weeks ago yeah. and hasn't been on the roster for a while. Yeah. But yeah, and there's going to be a lot more, I would guess. Yeah. They, yeah. Not there always yet. is. Um, so far, like Wisner, tight end. You see Norfleet out there doing what he's doing. 
the whole tight end room is probably thinking, what's my spot moving forward? Yep. Um, Ndoma Ogar maybe felt like this was his year to break into the rotation at offensive line a little bit more. Yeah. Um, the I opportunity was there. Seemed like it. Uh, he did play maybe a little bit, but only because of injury, I think. Mm-hmm. And maybe had a chance uh, next year, but was maybe kind of in the same boat as this year. Uh, also made a little bit of a reference to something about him not being a work in progress on yep. his like goodbye message to Mizzou. So I don't know if uh, someone... Uh, maybe Coach Drinkwitz uh, publicly called him a work in progress. He did at some uh, he point. He did at one point, yeah. So uh, that may have factored into his decision. And then Wilson, that's maybe the scariest one because we're already pretty thin on linebacker. It's a little bit scary just for the bowl game. Yeah, we got to really hope uh, Hicks and Hopper are healthy. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm not really sure what to think of of this one. I kind of had high hopes for Wilson next year to kind of step into a, a primary role. Uh, assuming Chad Bailey and Hopper are both going to be gone next year. Um, I don't even know about Chuck Hicks and his eligibility. Mm-hmm. I would assume he has one more season, but uh, there's not a lot of guys in that room right now, so I'm not sure what's going to go, yeah. go on there. That seems like a position will be hitting the transfer portal pretty hard. Um, there was uh, like a oh, – I saw Kansas State's Will Howard yeah. into the portal. Yeah, And I thought it was interesting. Obviously, we have less insider information than the folks at Power Mizzou, uh, obviously. But Gabe tweeted that some people were tagging – or in the tweet announcing Will Howard's transfer, they mentioned Missouri as like a possible destination. And Gabe just immediately put an end to that and was like, Missouri is not targeting a quarterback in the transfer portal least of all one that only has one year of eligibility yeah i mean i think that it is interesting and i i'm not totally ruling it out honestly but um probably not will howard though because i think he wants to start somewhere but Mm -hmm. i do think it's still interesting to watch missouri's movement with quarterbacks because i would assume that not all three of the main missouri quarterbacks are still going to be on the roster next year you would think jake garcia or sam horn will probably transfer um to get playing time somewhere else Mm -hmm. so they could still be looking for a quarterback, but obviously not one to come in and be an instant starter like they kind of were last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, it feels like forever ago. Yes. But they were legitimately looking for potential starters last year. Yeah. And and we kind of... there was We were speculating at the time that the reason or one of the factors for these quarterbacks not choosing Missouri was the fact that they were not being guaranteed the starting job. Yes. And... For good reason. Yep. We had Brady Cook there ready to compete for it. Yeah, I think that was our correct read. Um, uh, there was a, a just these Kansas State transfers are coming to mind, but uh, one uh, was a cornerback from the Kansas City area, I think, who had a pretty solid season in a secondary that was not very good for Kansas State um, that maybe looking, looking to go elsewhere, and um, we we're losing some guys in the defensive backfield. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, I, I like transfer portal season and this, it makes this gap between now and the bowl games much more bearable when you kind of have this fun of like, what's the roster going to look like? You get yeah. a little sneak peek of the movement. It is weird to think that like there's a legitimate month in between the last game and the bowl game. Like that's a long time. Yeah. But hey, coaches love the practices, right? That is true. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and like uh, some coaching carousel moves out of the SEC already. Mississippi State fired head coach Zach Arnett and hired former Oklahoma offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby. They said we're ready to score points. I guess so. Because we didn't do it at all this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so going offensive-minded there. And then uh, we mentioned Bobby Petrino coming home, and the big one is Texas A&M firing Jimbo Fisher and bringing in Mike Elko, Duke head coach, also previously Texas A&M defensive coordinator under Jimbo. Yeah. Um, I somehow have never heard of this man in my life. I'm maybe afraid to admit that. Uh, it's okay. But... I guess I say that because I just thought Texas A&M was going to make more of like a splash hire. I'm using mm-hmm. air quotes. Mm-hmm. Splash hire. So. Well, it was a bit of a. Are they growing up a little bit or? A little bit of a roller coaster there because they were trying to get um, Mark Stoops was away that, from Kentucky. Was that a legitimate thing? I mean, there were like Texas A&M outlets like reporting that it was a, pretty much a done deal. Yeah. Could have been a thing where Stoops is just maybe using it to for leverage with Kentucky or... I didn't believe it at the time, but then seeing who they actually hired, I think it's very possible it was happening. feels like the same type of hire. Yeah. That Texas A&M fans were losing their mind that the prospect of Mark Stoops being the head coach. Yeah. A little bit bizarre, in my opinion. So he ended up with Mike Elko, who's only been a head coach for two seasons. I don't know. But the sad thing is, we don't we won't be able to talk about Jimbo Fisher as much. I know I'm gonna miss him. Just saying the name is fun. Just saying his name is Jimbo. Jimbo. Just get it out now, Jimbo. Jimbo. Bo. Not Jim. Not James. Jimbo. Yeah. Specifically. We barely knew you. Um. It, you saw. You sent actually us that video of the press conference <laughs> of them like welcoming Elmo. What's his name? Elko. Mike Elko. And it's a goofy name, yeah. A little bit, yeah. It's not Jimbo, but no. it's still an O name, yeah. And they were all doing this weird little dance and stuff. They're doing that thing they do. I don't think I like that. I don't think anybody does outside of that weird little town <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> I think everybody else finds it off-putting. They're making that much money on agriculture, I guess. <laughs> yeah, gotta eat. Land is worth a lot of money. I don't know I if guess. you know that. All right. There any more you think the coaching carousel is done in the SEC? Um well there was like the kind of that rumor that Vanderbilt might fire Clark Lee. I probably not gonna happen. You think Jimbo is gonna end up at Vanderbilt? That was a that was a tweet that I saw that I actually thought was real for like <laughs> half a second, but it had to have been a joke. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, if he takes another job somewhere else, he doesn't get his payout as much. True. Or something. Yeah, I don't think Jimbo's coaching for a little while. I would not ever again. No. We've he's, been over that before. Sipping lemonade on the that back is, porch. That is our dream. Somebody hire us to coach and we'll do a bad job, fire us and pay us millions of dollars. I can handle it. Oof. Uh KJ Jefferson. Yes. Transferring. Yes. And do you know who the favorite is to land him so far, people are saying? South Carolina. Yeah. Eh, don't love that. I would just be totally fine with him not being in the SEC. Yeah, and then what's his face is going pro? Mm-hmm. South Carolina. Oh, yeah, Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. Good Rattle Rattler is, uh, I saw somebody on Twitter said, get uh, start learning uh, <laughs> start learning Canadian, which is yeah. obviously uh, 
not a different language. Yeah. Uh, but probably going to be playing in the Canadian League. He'll be great there. Okay, so go with me here. Spencer Rattler, of all the quarterbacks that have ever played college football, he's the guy that most like should have gone to like the NFL G League or something. Yeah. Just learn how to be a professional quarterback. If it when existed. You're 19 years old, 18 years old. His stock just went down every year. Yes. And it's still good enough to go to the to the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. He should have yeah. I can remember like three years ago he was like the hot name for like next year's draft. Yeah. He was like Heisman favorite at Oklahoma. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um yeah. And he played for Shane Beamer. KJ Jefferson being subjected to that. Like, can we get this guy an actual head coach? It's his choice. I guess. Mm. He's originally from Mississippi. I figured he'd go back home. Mm. Join up with Jeff Lebby, maybe. Maybe. All right. Anything else before we pick the one and only SEC game this week? No. Let's do it. Let's bring producer Cam back into the episode. Hey, welcome in. Hello. Uh, we had to we had to pull some strings to get a guest picker this week. Oh yeah. We had to reach out privately to the legend himself. Welcome Daddy, in, Daddy guest JD. Picker, Daddy JD. Wow, it's for been a while for one game. <laughs> we, did, we didn't want to put the pressure too much on him. Before we get into that, last week. Kyle and I had perfect scores. How are you going to catch up when we're perfect? It's just a fool's errand. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here. So Kyle and I both had 10 points. The guest pickers and Cameron had eight points. What did I miss? You missed Florida versus Florida State and Clemson, South Carolina. I picked South Carolina to beat Clemson? Yeah. It was close. Okay. I didn't watch a second of that game. I watched some of these others, but I thought Florida was going to do it. Yeah, that's a. I should. Have I honestly points. wanted to pick them and pick them, but that's a ridiculous outcome there. And then guess pickers had Nebraska. Mm. Should have been a win. Well, yeah, but it wasn't, and the three of us got upset points. Wow, so. that's <laughs> that brings our season totals to Cameron has seventy three. The guess pickers have seventy seven. I have 80. Kyle is 81. Wow. Coming down to it, two of you. I've been in the lead for a few weeks now, which means I'm probably just going to let it wa- just melt away. Yeah. Might as well. Anytime now. Yeah. So rest of the season, we're only picking SEC games, however many there are, mm-hmm. probably 10 or 12 or so. There's nine bowl-eligible SEC teams. Beautiful. This Nebraska week, not bowl-eligible? Uh, no. Oh. Thank goodness. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> there was one team that snuck in at five and seven. Oh, really? Yes. Who was it? The right teams lost to make it happen, and they had the best academic progress rate. Ooh. Uh, I cannot believe that is, like, the way. Yeah. They, I guess it is the NCAA. They, like, didn't have enough. That. You know, they didn't stupid. have enough six and sixteens to, yeah. or six and whatever You teams. love it? Yeah. This, they're student athletes. Student comes first. I think it's a great way to settle the tiebreaker. Minnesota. 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 Five and seven. Going to a bowl. Wow. wow. 
Wait, this year? Yeah. Oh, they are. Oh, I, I see. I see. Yeah. It's done. Wow. Congrats to them. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. All right. What are we picking this week? Um, we have number one Georgia at not at neutral site, at, but it's in Atlanta, Georgia. So classic. Uh, Georgia versus Alabama. Number eight, Alabama. Georgia is a five and a half point favorite. I'll let you go first. Wait, how should you're leading right now? Yeah, that's fine. All right. I I'm, I will welcome the opportunity. Okay, uh, to do what leaders do. But we're gonna need a little bit of an analysis on this game. Sorry, that's fine. Um, I'm gonna pick Georgia. Okay, I think they're just the more well-rounded team here. I still think Alabama just a little weak at quarterback. Okay, and Milrow's good. He's gotten a lot better as the season's gone on, but. I don't think he's good enough to beat Georgia. I cannot believe they beat Auburn last week. That was like a miracle. Yeah. Like fourth and 30 or something. Yeah. Just a prayer that was answered. Um, so yeah, that was nuts. Would they have been there anyway, even if they lost that game? They'd still be in the SEC championship game. I think so. Give me Georgia. Producer Cameron. I'll take Georgia. Me and JD. You have to. We're going Alabama. I don't even think as a Mizzou fan, we necessarily want that to happen. It doesn't matter at this point. I don't think it matters. Yeah. Alabama's probably staying ahead of us no matter what. Uh, what What are they? They're eighth? What if, yeah, what if they get Yeah, thumped? Missouri could, ju- could jump them if they get blown yeah. out. Yeah. I think Missouri could jump them. That's what I guess that's what I'll go with. That's what I'm rooting for. So you're but hedging. I'm hedging by picking them. You're always doing that. That's why you're losing. <laughs> <laughs> I got... Pick uh, SEC pick them bunker mentality. <laughs> um, is that it? That was fast. <laughs> That's it. We got uh, two, I, two. I did want to say I was just you know running through some alternate timelines where we beat where Missouri beats LSU earlier in the season. Just trying to figure out what maybe the committee would do with a one loss Mizzou team who played Georgia really close, and I feel like the best case scenario. Missouri would be maybe ahead of Texas and Alabama. Maybe they'd be seventh right now. Yeah. The yeah, they're still not going to the SEC championship game, even right. if they beat LSU. Probably not making the playoff regardless. Still doesn't really make me feel a whole lot better, but Yeah. It's kinda like the South Carolina game in two thousand thirteen where it's like that was awful that we lost that. Yeah. And very heartbreaking in a time. Yeah. But didn't change the outcome of the season too much. Now, yeah. if Missouri had found a way to beat Georgia, obviously that's very different. Be in the SEC championship and uh, you beat Alabama and you're in the four team playoff. Easy. They're probably like number one in the country at that point. I don't <laughs> Michigan would have something to say about that, but. Uh, oh, pretty close. Okay, one or two. Yeah, yeah. Michigan's going to get thumped by Iowa. That I would disagree. be incredible. I know that there's like some favorites that we want to win as Mizzou fans for rankings and whatnot, but I think I just want all the upsets mm-hmm. in the conference championship games. Got oh. too many good teams. Do what? Got too many good teams. Yeah. A lot of one-loss teams yeah. that are right there. Ole Miss 11th, though. Not quite. Not quite not up good there. Enough. Yeah. You know, that top 10 is just, they're on a different level. It's only for the pristine elite programs. True. All right. Are we done here? We'll end it. 
Um, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt, Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Garofalo, Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, Louis Hernandez, and Joshua Jacobson. Thank you. Thank you so much, gentlemen. You can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. Send us a mailbag, mailbag question. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. I, had, I, I just realized I, there's no way I could get rid of Dennis. I'm wearing the Dennis shirt. Too late. You already did it. I don't. Did I? I don't know. I don't remember. You got rid of drink. See you next week.